Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this week's episode about the book Thanks for the Feedback by Douglas Stone and Sheila Heen. Keep listening to find out why feedback is like a colonoscopy and a gift. Welcome back. I'm your host, Steph Clark, and each week I share with you the three big ideas from the best non-fiction books that I've been reading and doing the reading so you don't have to. This week is one of probably one of the best books I reckon I've read this year in terms of just getting really deep into a topic. And it's one of these books that just makes you realise how important it is and just that extra bit of depth and colour you get when the people who are writing the book are just real experts in the topic as opposed to kind of dabblers. That sounds really, oh, that sounds a bit like a sick burn, didn't it? Again, like I had some someone in mind or some people in mind. But people who have just spent time really, really researching a topic and thinking very deeply about it, even if it is a topic that's on the sort of narrower side, like feedback, which is oh, it just, yeah. It's just good and yeah, it just makes you realise the value of someone who's spent the time doing the work before reading the book, well, before writing the book rather than writing the book and then doing the work afterwards. So yes, good stuff. I'm very happy with this with this read. It's, yeah, I'll tell you a little bit more about it as we go along, I think. Let's do that instead. Uh, it is, this is one of the books I read this month in September. If you want to find out more about what I've been reading this month, what I've been writing and reviewing and thinking about whilst I've been reading these books, you could or maybe even should sign up for the Bookmark newsletter. You'll find a link to that in the show notes uh, or over at my website, which is stephsbusinessbookshelf.com, where you can find all the previous episodes and editions and show notes and things as well, or on Instagram at stephsbizbookshelf. Again, hop over there. There's links to all of the things in my kind of link in bio and stuff like that as well. Each month on Instagram I share what I've been reading and the rating I give that book or those books and in the bookmark newsletter twice a month so roughly fortnightly send out what I've been reading and some sort of more in-depth reviews and other recommendations for podcasts and articles and other stuff that I've been enjoying that I just can't fit into formats like this podcast. Right, with all of that said, let's get into a little bit about the book, a little bit about the authors, and then the juicy three big ideas about this particular book and topic of feedback. So a little bit about the book. The performance evaluation at work, the parenting advice from your mother-in-law, and the lecture by the cop who just pulled you over. We get feedback every day of our lives from friends and family, colleagues, customers and bosses, teachers, doctors and strangers. We're assessed, coached and criticised about our performance, personalities and appearance. We know that feedback is essential for our professional development and healthy relationships, but we dread it and often dismiss it. That's because receiving feedback sits at this junction of two conflicting human desires. We want to learn and grow, but we also just want to be loved and accepted and respected as we are just now. Thanks for the Feedback is the first book to address this tension head on. It explains why getting feedback is so crucial yet so challenging and offers a simple framework and powerful tools to help us take on life's blizzard of offhand comments, annual evaluations and unsolicited advice with curiosity and grace. And that's taken from stoneandheen.com. Link, as usual, along with that little blurb, is in the show notes. A little bit about the authors. Douglas Stone is the founder of Triad Consulting and lecturer on law at Harvard Law School. He has also written screenplays and is determined to play guitar better than his friends. 
And then Sheila Heen. Sheila is a founder of Triad Consulting Group and a lecturer of law at Harvard Law School as well. Her husband teaches negotiation at MIT and they are both schooled regularly in negotiation by their three kids. Doug Stone and Sheila Heen are both also involved in some of the work around the Harvard Negotiation Project and have written some books or contributed some books on that as well. They also contributed to the book uh, Difficult Conversations, which I've also had highly recommended. So I reckon I'll pick that one up and, and read that one later this year. That little blurb was also taken from stoneandheen.com. Again, link is in the show notes. All right, let's get into the three big ideas from the book. Thanks for the feedback by Doug Stone and Sheila Heen. Big idea number one is the gift and the colonoscopy. One of my favourite quotes or ideas in this book is this one, that feedback is like a gift and like a colonoscopy. And this comes back to this, this rub of we want to learn and improve, but we also just want to be, or and we also just want to be loved and accepted and respected as we are, flaws and all. So this means we get in all of a muddle, tripping ourselves and others up in this process of giving and receiving feedback. This brings us back to this idea of receiving feedback well. And the book is actually much more about receiving feedback well, because if we can better receive feedback, we're likely to be better providers of feedback. So we can have better conversations about this kind of stickiness that we get into, about the experience of giving feedback or receiving feedback and then understanding this. Plus, it's just important to think about our own, the bit that we can control. And the bit that we can control is how well we receive feedback. There's only so much good that giving or pushing feedback does, because ultimately the receiver of the feedback is going to choose what they let in, what they change, what they accept, etc. They're in control. So as we can get the best as best we possibly could be at giving feedback. But at the end of the day, it's still the receiver that is in charge of what they take in and what they act on. But if we're better at understanding what the experience of receiving feedback is, we can actually have better feedback conversations. The interesting point that they talk about in the book is that a lot of the culture of an organization is determined by how well the executives or the senior leaders receive feedback themselves, which I thought was very relevant and is something that we can all probably relate to in terms of when we've seen that work well and maybe not so well. So that's big idea number one, the gift and the colonoscopy or this idea that we want to learn and we want to grow, but we also just want to be accepted and respected at the same time too. Big idea number two is the three types of feedback. So the authors suggest that there are three types of feedback, all addressing different needs. Those three types of feedback are appreciation, which is acknowledging, connecting, motivating, thanking people, coaching, which is helping the feedback receiver to get better at something, to expand their knowledge or improving their capability or competence or addressing the feedback givers feelings or an imbalance in the relationships. That's two parts of coaching is helping the receiver get better at something or helping the feedback giver address an imbalance in that relationship between the, the person who's giving the feedback and the person receiving it. The third type of feedback is evaluation, which is kind of does what it says on the tin. So it's ranking or rating against a set of standards or expectations or something that actually will help decision making. So appreciation, coaching and evaluation. There's a need for all three of these types of feedback, but trouble will brew when we need or want a particular type of feedback and we receive another. So for example, and I've certainly had this situation before where you're in a role and you're doing your work and you're working hard and you just want a bit of, get a bit of direction. You say to someone like, Hey, how how am I going? Any feedback? And they're like, no, 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 you're you're doing, doing good. Thumbs up. And they sort of, you know, sort of smile and wave you off. You're like, you've given me something that looks like appreciation, although maybe isn't that great, but I just want some coaching. I need some evaluation. I need to know how am I actually doing what I could be doing better. Like that's what I really want. Or on the flip side, maybe there's another situation where you slog your guts out, working really hard on something. You spend weeks and weeks and hours and hours, blood, sweat and tears, 
working on it, you hand it over to someone and you're like, ta-da. And the first thing they say is, oh, this bit could be better. Or what about this? And you've missed this thing, which is more that kind of coaching and or evaluation, depending on what they've exactly said. When actually what you really wanted, certainly at that stage, was some appreciation like, hey, you've, you've worked really hard on this. Thanks very much. I can see that you've put loads of effort in. Now, all of those types of feedback, like I said, there's a time and place for all of them, but knowing that subtle difference between them and what someone might need or want or being able to ask someone what they might need or want at a specific time or situation or circumstance is so important. And also for ourselves as as receivers of feedback, if something feels a bit gross when we receive the feedback, just thinking, huh, okay, is it the type of feedback that is the problem? Did I receive appreciation? but actually I really wanted some coaching or did I receive a, an evaluation, but I really wanted some appreciation. Something with appreciation actually on that one, it feels like it might be the easiest one. It's the thumbs up, it's the thanks, it's a good job and that kind of thing. But actually in order for it to count, it needs to have two things. Number one, it has to be specific. That was sounded like it was actually quite hard for me to say. <laughs> it needs to be specific. So you need to say what it was that was done well, not just thumbs up, good job. And the second part is that in order for the appreciation to count and feel like appreciation, it has to be in a format or a method that the other person actually appreciates. So for some people that will be putting up a banner with their face on, on the, in the front of the office and having balloons when they arrive in because that's the kind of appreciation that they appreciate. For other people, it will be a quiet email to say like, hey, I noticed you did this thing. That's, that's so helpful for the team or we really appreciate your hard work or, or whatever it is. So knowing the other person, again, as with all of these things, knowing the other person, knowing what they need, knowing what it is that means that they feel appreciated is really important. So it needs to be specific and it needs to be in a format or a method that the other person will actually appreciate and feel like that that is appreciation. So if we know this, if we know these three types of feedback, we can ask better questions around feedback we give and prompt for the feedback that we want to receive as well. It also helps us frame what things may not be working with our feedback, whichever direction that's going. And again, give us the the ability to ask better questions and structure around what that might be or what might need to change. So that's big idea number two, the three types of feedback. Big idea number three is know your triggers. So there's three types of feedback, which we just talked about. There's also three triggers, truth, relationships, and identity. So a truth trigger with feedback, the reaction of that might be if you, if you, someone stumbles upon a truth trigger when they're providing you some feedback is that's not That's not correct. That's wrong. That's not true. That's not me. That's not helpful. Whatever it is. Now, sometimes that is that the thing is factually incorrect. Someone gives you feedback about how you performed in a meeting. You weren't even in that meeting, Like, of course that's just not true. Still it's, it's frustrating. And we're going to be annoyed about that because, of course, that's, that's not true. So therefore, we're annoyed by it. Now, obviously, if it's factually incorrect, we can have that conversation. It's probably slightly easier because we're like, hey, I wasn't even in that meeting. <laughs> so that's hopefully an easier conversation. But when the truth trigger also gets triggered, it might just be that it's not necessarily wrong. We are just... we. We just don't think that it is correct. So we, instead of looking for the wrong spotting, as they call it in the book, we need to maybe look for right spotting. So thinking about, well, my initial reaction is that's not true, but in what situations or why might this be actually correct or why might this be true? That's beyond obviously the, the situations where it's fundamentally impossible that it could be. you. So that's your truth trigger. It's wrong. It's not helpful, etc. The second trigger, which is probably the meatiest one, is the relationship trigger. So this is where you end up getting sucked into or conflating who gives you the feedback with what the feedback is. And there's a couple of things here that can happen. Number one, it is 
the, well, this person is terrible at that thing. So if that person gave me feedback about, about my presentation style, but they are a terrible presenter, I'm going to dismiss that feedback because of who they are and their skill in or what I perceive as their skill in the thing that they have given me feedback on. Those two things can, can be true. They can be a poor presenter and they can still give you relevant feedback on your presentation skills. You can't necessarily throw that information or that feedback out just because they are, are not good at that thing themselves. They can maybe still spot when you're not good at that thing either. So that's the first part type of relationship trigger is the, is the skill that you think that person has. Another one could be the problem with your relationships. This is the split or the difference between the we versus the what. So this is where you might think after all the things I've done for you, this is the feedback you give me, that type of thing. This again, just because that person, just because these things have happened in your relationship doesn't mean that that feedback they've given you isn't true, isn't correct, isn't relevant, isn't useful, etc. This for me, this, the aha moment was not necessarily being able to split the person from the feedback or the person from the message, because that's something I've definitely thought of and, and talked to groups and people about before. But it's more around this idea that sometimes the people least like us or who like us the least have the most useful feedback for us because they see us at our worst. And I just thought that was so relevant as well. And I thought of some ugh, kind of moments where I was like, oh yeah, that might have actually been true in that situation five years ago, 10 years ago, etc. The other, the other one that I quite liked, which I hadn't thought about in this way before, was this idea of the switch track. So the we from the what. So changing the, the feedback and versus the relationship issue. You need to separate the two. Just because you have a relationship issue with that person doesn't mean that the feedback they've provided is not correct or not true or there isn't something useful in there. And then finally, the other and then the other part of relationship triggers is actually the, the thing around they are the problem, not you. So that's when you have to actually zoom out of the relationship and just think about power dynamics and some of the role role dynamics that might be causing that trigger to be triggered rather than actually, again, the feedback being incorrect or something. So that's relationship triggers and the elements are there. Finally, then, is the identity triggers. This is where you're, it's like the dagger to the heart type feedback because it's where you start to think things like, oh, I mess everything up. I'm no good at this. I'm rubbish. I'm never going to succeed here the kind of catastrophizing that comes along with with an identity trigger is triggered. And it's interesting here when I was talking about this to a group quite recently, we were talking about how when you receive some bits of feedback, it's like, huh, yeah, I probably could have done that better. And you kind of move on with your life. Whereas other bits of feedback on other topics or skills or whatever it is feel so much more personal because it's something you really value, you want to be good at, you think you're good at, you've been told you're good at. And that is where that identity trigger really gets triggered for, for someone. And there was some interesting things in the book here around, um, you know, you kind of touch on, it sort of touched on almost growth and fixed mindset type stuff, the differences of that sort of positive psychology type stuff as well, and how actually our, our actual brain wiring will mean that different people find certain situations harder or certain types of feedback easier or harder to think about positively or negatively, and the, the extremity of the reaction that happens as a result of that. There's a phrase in the book they use, which I quite like, is around dismantling distortions and seeing feedback at actual size rather than this kind of distorted, blown up version that we imagine in our heads sometimes, particularly around identity triggers or where that button has been pushed for us. And then starting to thinking about this kind of more growth mindset type thinking as well in terms of how we actually use that feedback in a useful way rather than using it to completely undermine ourselves. So again, the three different types of feedback triggers are truth triggers. That's not true. That's not me. Relationship triggers. It's about the other person or it's about the relationship and identity triggers, which is where you're thinking, oh, I'm rubbish at this or I I mess everything up. 
The thing I liked about this is that it really started to give really smart, clever language and modeling around those feelings that we have inherently felt we've all we all can associate with but haven't necessarily had the framework to put around that and think about why or what or how to have had a better conversation in that way the other role of understanding this is being able to now actually have the emotional intelligence or the the ability and the language to step away from a conversation and come back later if you've needed if needed and reduce the reaction and increase the understanding because that's where we'll start to get a better experience of feedback if we can understand it and bring curiosity and grace is the the language they use in the book to our feedback conversations and being able to receive that well and then maybe if we're seeing someone else not receiving feedback well being able to ask them prompt them with the questions or the the conversation starters to unpack this for them or what is happening for them using some of these models and some of this language rather than letting them sort of get going into a bit of a doom cycle on their own interpretation of the feedback or the, the story they're telling themselves about it. So that was big idea number three, know your triggers. So we go three big ideas from the book. Thanks for the feedback. Number one was the gift and the colonoscopy. Number two was the types of feedback. And number three was know your triggers. Whilst this book was really dense in terms of the information, the quality of it, the frameworks, etc., the examples, and they used examples from obviously lots of work examples, but lots of personal examples as well with friends and family and stuff like that, which shows how this works in different contexts, because this is very much a life skill, not just certainly not just a work or a leadership or a management skill. So despite the depth and rigor around it, it was super practical as well, very funny in places and things you could really take away and resonate with and be like, oh yeah, no, I've definitely done that before. I've definitely thought these things. I've definitely fallen into that hole when I've received this type of feedback before and understanding what that might be for you. And even if, you, if you've done a bit of work around this area and knowing that some of this stuff exists, like I certainly, before reading this book, had thought about what triggers I had, but being able to put them into this and actually separating them out a little bit more and having that little bit more nuance around them I found particularly helpful highly highly recommend this book reckon read two-thirds of it the sort of the last third I found a little bit slower a little bit more it kind of went into growth mindset type stuff it's useful and if you've not read about that type of stuff at all this might be a good place for it to be but to be honest I found the last third I was kind of flicking through a little bit more whereas the first two-thirds I was pretty hooked into and making heaps and heaps and heaps of highlights and notes and bookmarks in my kindle If you have read this book, I'd love to know what you thought, if you've used it, if you've used it to have some conversations on feedback with your team. I would love to know. You can contact me, use your places, Instagram at Steph's Biz Bookshelf or on LinkedIn. Just find me at Steph Clark on there. Clark has got an E on the end. I'd love to hear from you and chat books. But otherwise, until next time, happy reading.